You're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. We're your hosts, Erin Beadle and Belinda Fleming. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome back to another episode. And today we are talking about the strength of being a highly sensitive person. That term was introduced to me personally maybe about a year or so ago. I heard this term highly sensitive person and of course, like I normally do, I had to do research on it and I was like, That's what I am. (laughs) And we want to say that being a highly sensitive person, it's not a formal diagnosis. It's not a medical diagnosis like autism or ADHD. But the way that we would describe a highly sensitive person is a neurodivergent individual who is thought to have an increased or deeper central nervous system sensitivity to physical, emotional, or social stimulus. And I've always known that I think I was sensitive, but I just didn't know that there was an actual, like it kind of, I think for me was reassuring maybe and validating that, oh, I'm not the only one who is like this. You know how sometimes you feel like you're the only person that feels a certain way just because it's your experience and it's what you're experiencing? I feel like in a world that applauds toughness, sometimes the sensitive are labeled as a weaker person. And I feel like today we're going to shed some light on how being sensitive is actually a hidden strength. Absolutely. I think it's a superpower. I want to start by sharing some of the traits and characteristics of a highly sensitive person. One of the traits is that when they watch something violent, a TV show or a movie, that it feels very intense and leaves you feeling unsettled. And the very first time I ever noticed that was when I was 24 and I was pregnant with my oldest Mm -hmm. and I went to see, it was a Jack Nicholson movie. I think he was a werewolf. It wasn't a horror movie, but it was just very intense. And we had to leave the theater. And at the time I chalked it up to being pregnant. Just the emotions. Hormones or whatever. Exactly. Like, oh, you know, my little baby doesn't want to see this movie. But then thinking back even further that there were times that as a kid, movies like Orca, I remember being on back in the day when it was on TV and even the movie Carrie. I remember one time our babysitter let us watch that that horror movie. And I can vividly recall that it was that impactful. Right. So I make it a point personally, I don't watch intense shows or movies because it leaves me very almost jittery and jumpy and it it doesn't make me feel good. Another characteristic is that highly sensitive people are deeply moved by beauty, art, nature, and music. Music for me is very moving. It's like music, not even with words, can bring me to tears and make me be so overwhelmed. And I'm like, is that normal? It is normal. It is normal for a highly sensitive person, right? It, it really is normal. Music is something that is has been powerful across. It what transcends the all. Yeah. It transcends centuries. It transcends countries. It transcends everything. Another characteristic is being overwhelmed by sensory stimulus like noisy crowds, bright lights. Or uncomfortable clothing. I used to go on a girls trip every year and all the girls would want to go to clubs. 
like clubbing. I mean, even as a 20 year old, it was too much for me. It's just all the stimulus coming in at once. And I always thought, why can't I just enjoy being here? But it would make me so anxious feeling. And I would just be like, okay, I'm leaving. And then feeling a need for downtime, especially after a very hectic day. I know that how I unwind at night is sometimes I'll either soak in an Epsom salt bath or I have to read. If I've been at a social event late, my husband can come home and he is asleep. You know, Lights out. Oh, totally. And I have to read and I have to really downshift. Right. I can't just go to sleep. It's just not going to happen for me. Another characteristic is having a rich and complex inner life complete with deep thoughts and strong feelings that go with them. We've talked about being in our head and overthinking, and I do it still. I often, you know, when I catch myself doing it, I try to like redirect, redirect, do breathing. I'll breathe it out. My mom would always say to me, why do you worry about things that haven't happened? And I'm like, it's not because I want to. It's not like I'm trying to be that way. It's just how I am. I think that For me, I was born a highly sensitive person, but I know that there is some research that says it can be nature versus nurture, right? Both nature and nurture definitely play a role in a person's sensitivity. Some individuals may have a natural predisposition towards sensitivity because of their temperament that they were born into this world with or personality traits. And what comes to mind to me is the child's nursery rhyme called Monday's Child. Monday's Child is fair of face. Tuesday's Child is full of grace. Wednesday's Child is full of woe. Thursday's Child has far to go. Friday's Child is loving and giving. Saturday's Child works hard for his living. And the child that is born on the Sabbath day is bonny and blithe and good and gay. It is a very sweet poem. And what's interesting is that we all wonder, what will our children be like? Will they be fair? Will they be graceful? Will they be full of woe? We don't know. I was going to say, they're all good except for who wants to be Wednesday's child full of woe. Wait a minute. What day of the week was I born? I've looked before knowing what days they were born on to see. And I have a Friday's child. I have a Sunday's child. And I have a, I think, a Wednesday's child. Well, I'm a Monday's child, I believe. I think I've looked that up before just because of this poem. Right. But fortune-telling rhymes were based on the days of the week and the birth of your child. It originated in England around the 1500s. And many superstitions exist regarding the days of the week. Personalities and temperaments of children were considered to be regulated by this. By this. Can you imagine? I'm Saturday's child, so I'm going to work hard for my living. Yeah. So can you imagine if a belief was steeped very deeply in what day you were born and based on these rhymes? Isn't that crazy? Well, and I wonder (laughs) if sometimes, like, if you had a child on Monday or Tuesday, then you treated them in a way that made that kind of come to fruition. So the nurture. So that's where we come back with some individuals based on their personality, some individuals based on the way they were raised. We are conditioned and we maybe even believe things about us. It's just how you were saying you didn't even know what highly sensitive personality meant. And then once you read it, you're like, wow, this actually resonates. I can relate to a lot of this. You didn't even know it. No, it was very validating for me. 
I mean, I'm not being overly sensitive. I'm being a highly sensitive person. Right. And so the truth of the matter is that we can have a natural predisposition to a certain temperament, but we can also develop and nurture and become more empathetic, become more self-aware with conscious effort. That is nature and nurture. Well, and I think that is one of the superpowers of being a highly sensitive person is the capacity for empathy. Absolutely. It's the ability to share your feelings with others while also having self-awareness and recognizing their feelings and their emotions. And, and we all have reactions to what we're feeling. We have reactions to what another person is feeling that they share with us. All of these things, it goes back and forth. And by practicing empathy and practicing this being able to express your feelings is so valuable to enhancing the whole experience that we're having with no matter who it is right, as, for being as being a human. Yeah, absolutely. The statistics that I read was that roughly about 20% of the general population is a highly sensitive person. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So about one out of every five people that you meet would be a highly sensitive person. I have been accused of being overly sensitive. And I think, like you said, toughness, being cutthroat is seen as a strength in our society because I think for survival. What's interesting, you said that 20% based on the data that you looked at indicated highly sensitive. So maybe today's podcast is actually speaking to the 80% that aren't highly sensitive. And we might even encourage them to become more sensitive and consider reasons why becoming more sensitive is a healthy balance. If you do have that mindset that being tough is the only way to survive in this world, we're offering a different perspective today. We're offering the perspective that being attuned to sensitivity is actually, as you said, a superpower. And I'll tell you why it is a superpower is because if you think back to when before we had written language, it basically increased your likelihood of survival because highly sensitive people are always on the lookout for potential predators or dangerous situations. It's that amygdala, that reptilian part of our brain, the oldest part of our brain. It's an evolutionary trait. And it's also been found in at least 100 other species besides humans. So even animals have more sensitive animals than other, you know, so it, it even shows up across other species. Well, don't you think that's why we all love pets so much? Because yes. pets are very sensitive. Pets are this unconditional love. They sense our mood. There's no language we share back and forth where we can converse with them. They understand some of our words and what it means, but they are highly sensitive sensitive beings and we generally speaking a large majority of the population loves pets right. whether it doesn't matter which kind of pet there is this sensitivity and this softness that it brings out in us when we love another person when we love an animal and what's interesting is that if you do want to practice becoming more sensitive another approach is putting yourself in other shoes and it goes back to empathy and we try to teach our children that we imagine what it might feel like if we were in someone else's situation 
And that's a superpower in and of itself. Being a highly sensitive person definitely presents challenges, especially in our world today that is so focused on being tough and being able to buck up and like when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. It's dog eat dog world out there, right? (laughs) Exactly. I agree. And there might be different things that we all face. And I'm just going to go over a few things that I thought of that might be challenges. Emotional intensity would be one. So a challenge is that if you have really strong emotional reactions to things, that in and of itself at some time in your life may be a strength. But at other times, if it isn't managed, it might create a challenge for your relationships. So basically, you might experience intense emotions on a level that is not healthy for your nervous system. And being aware of that and learning how to manage it when you're feeling that happen, that is a challenge that highly sensitive people face. Another challenge is... When you're very empathetic and you're always in tune to everyone else's emotions, that can lead to this absolute exhaustion. You just feel exhausted. It drains you. Yes, and it is not healthy to be bearing the weight of everyone else's pain and struggle. It isn't meant for us to carry everyone's pain and struggle. And we have to learn ways to hold space. We talk about that all the time as a yoga teacher. And it is hard to do. It is because, especially when you're a highly sensitive person, that's one of the techniques to help you manage being a highly sensitive person is is shifting from empathy to compassion because empathy is basically when you mirror someone else's emotions, you take them on and then... You literally put yourself in their shoes. Yes, and you're almost like you're feeling their pain as if it was your own pain or whatever emotion it is. But usually it's something maybe that's like less desirable. I mean, it's great when it's like when you're experiencing someone else's joy. That's one of the best things about being a highly sensitive person. Is but it becomes can, unhealthy the other side of it. Right. You can be very happy for your friends when they have good things happen to them. But compassion just allows you to actively respond to the person with caring, warmth, and understanding, but without actually taking on their emotions. So it's learning how to have good boundaries. I've always said what I've had to do for myself, and I think I've talked about this in another podcast that I've done because I do have a highly sensitive child, is I would say you almost have to put this bubble suit up, you know, like zip it up and not let yourself take on other people's emotions and other people's pain because it is very draining and I can get drained very easily. Another challenge is if you think about making decisions If you are highly sensitive, it might put you in a state where you feel like you can't make a decision one way or the other. So you're second guessing yourself, you're over analyzing things, and your decision making skills go out the window. I call analysis paralysis. Yeah. We're going to link to the Highly Sensitive Person Test. And there's a really great book called The Highly Sensitive Person by Dr. Elaine Aron. But even though I I am a highly sensitive person, I make decisions like that. Because you know why? As a highly sensitive person, I have a very strong intuition and I trust my gut. But when you're completely overstimulated and you're in a state of emotional exhaustion, those might be moments you wouldn't make good decisions. Probably. 
that's more what I'm referring to as a challenge. But you're speaking in your general life, your personality type is that you make I'm decisive, yeah. Right. But I'm describing if you are... In that state of overwhelm. Yes. If if you're completely... Your sensory system is in overdrive or you know, complete shutdown mode even, you're not going to be capable of making those decisions. So another challenge, and I'll end on this one, is boundaries. It is challenging for highly sensitive people to set and maintain boundaries if you're continuously taking on everyone else's pain and struggles, and it can be problematic. I definitely have felt that before. Well, I wanted to share some strategies for dealing with life as a highly sensitive person. I talked about the shifting empathy into compassion, but for me, a big thing is clearing out clutter. I don't function well. I get very overwhelmed by clutter, Mm -hmm. you know, actual physical clutter. So I like my workspaces to be clean and tidy and everything like we talked about before. Everything has its place and everything should be in its place. And that's how I know that my husband is not a highly sensitive person because he He's like a mad scientist and things are everywhere. And I'm like, how do you even know where anything is? He says he does, but I don't believe him. It actually reminds me of our previous episode where we talked about forgetfulness. And one of the strategies for forgetfulness is to be completely organized Organized. and a minimalist about things. When you have too many things, how can you function at all, honestly? I think that strategies are super important. Do you have any other strategies? Yeah, I wanted to share a couple others. So create a personal sanctuary. That's a really important one. So it could just be a little corner in your bedroom where you could go to maybe have some quiet time. Could your be, favorite chair, your little reading nook. Exactly, a reading nook. A meditation bolster and some candles. And it could be, like you said, it could be your back porch. You know what I find too, I have, I, and this is kind of something that I've heard about and seen and witnessed and it's something I do is what women do is I will sit in my car sometimes to decompress. I think a lot of people do. I think it's non-gender specific because my kids do it. I do it. It's this, I want to hear the last of a song. I actually am just not ready to go in and do whatever it is that's waiting for me when I walk in the door. Yeah. You know, you have to be on when you get inside. Always immersing yourself in nature. So maybe taking time to just sit outside, hear the birds singing. It grounds you. I personally am a big believer in grounding, which is where taking your shoes off, putting your feet on the earth, Mm -hmm. discharging all those extra electrons. That's another way. And then scheduling some quiet time in your day every day. So maybe you know that at the end of your work day, like you said, you're going to sit in your car maybe with even the radio off and just do some breathing before you go in to start your next shift, whether it's with <laughs> kids or cooking dinner or whatever is waiting for you at home. And doing the same in your work, in your home environment, fine-tuning it. So maybe setting it up in a way that helps you to not be overstimulated. So maybe it's with a certain color palette or you know if you have certain smells that help you to keep you from being overstimulated. Well, I do think that today's episode was basically about striking a balance between nurturing our sensitivity and also noticing when we're being overly sensitive and finding that balance and cultivating an awareness of how we manage any challenges that arise are hopefully some of the key takeaways from today's episode. In closing today, I would like to share a quote by civil rights activist and poet Maya Angelou. I've learned that people will forget what you said, 
People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And these words resonate deeply with our discussion today. As a highly sensitive person, I will have to agree with you that I do think that it is a superpower. It can present its challenges, but I think I would rather live life feeling deeply than not feeling at all. I agree. Well, if anything that we shared in today's episode strikes a chord with you, we would love if you would leave us a five-star rating and a written review. That just helps us grow in the podcast algorithm and grow our Midlife State of Mind community. Thank you for joining us on this journey today and for always checking in week after week as we inspire each other to make positive changes and embrace all that midlife has to offer. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Bye. This has been an E-Squared production.